0: expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert, Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio, as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub.
1: Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. And today we're going to talk about something that everyone has, but not everyone is aware of. Everyone may have struggled with, but not everyone knows how to get out of these struggles. Everyone could take advantage of, but not everyone knows how to take advantage of. What I'm talking about is my good old friend, the subconscious mind. Now, I'm calling this the friend just because I think a lot of us have been seeing the subconscious more like an enemy, the inner supporter, the the critic that always yells in your ear and says all the nasty things you don't want to hear. And befriending with the subconscious hadn't been easy, including myself. To be honest, I didn't really know a lot about the subconscious until I started working with the subconscious. But its power had fascinated me once I really felt maybe for the first time what the subconscious can do. And this was during a hypnotherapy training where the person that hypnotized me and I didn't really believe that I could be hypnotized. Well, I was totally wrong. The person that hypnotized me made me stiff like a board, completely stiff. And so I was literally standing like a stiff and then someone came and grabbed my legs, someone came and grabbed my shoulders and then they suspended me just like a wooden board between two chairs. It was only the back of my head and uh, basically my, the back of my feet, the, the heels that were connected to the chairs. And everything else was like a bridge Beautifully hanging there, again very stiff. It's a position that, if I would have tried it to do without being hypnotized, would have been impossible. Really hard because you know you're using a lot of muscle, and and it takes uh, also a skill to be in that balanced place. But no, with this subconscious being fully active and being told stiff as a board, stiff as a board, I was like that. And the funny thing about this whole experiment or this experience was that I was totally aware of what was happening. I wasn't like zonked out, drool coming out of my mouth. I was actually really completely aware that I am that stiff and that I'm hanging between two chairs and I just let it happen. That was kind of the key. I let my subconscious take over And I didn't resist it. And it also proved to me that the subconscious can completely without our conscious doing simply take over. And that is part of the power of the subconscious mind. And it's also part of the challenge of the subconscious mind. So today I want to talk about the subconscious because it's really one of those key ingredients of the work I'm offering and That's what has helped so many people to overcome their challenges with fear and anxiety and depression and insecurity and all those things that they had to deal with for a long time and struggled and felt like, you know, I want to hit the head against the wall because I'm not any longer myself or I don't know how to get out of this struggle and these challenges and As soon as we started working with the subconscious, there was a complete different understanding of where their issues came from and what the subconscious actually had in mind and how to make the subconscious listen and how to take new steps and new ways of looking at oneself and looking at the world with the collaboration of the subconscious mind. So everything changed once the subconscious was involved. So it's really an incredibly powerful inner healer. It's a change maker. It's a creator. It's a manifester. The subconscious is potential. Maybe those 90% that Einstein talked about, we never use. So today I would like you to learn a little bit more and get some tools on how to tap into that potential. And the first step is, to maybe learn a little bit more about the subconscious and understand more that it is not some enemy inside of you. It is actually a part of you that from the beginning of your existence has only your benefit in mind, even if it doesn't always look like it. So what is the subconscious? Well, the subconscious is like that deeper part of the mind, It's like an iceberg, the mind, you know. So you have up there the conscious mind. That's a little piece that looks out. And down there, there is that deeper part, that subconscious. That is not always accessible. It's not always visible. But it's certainly doing a lot every day. And what does it do? Well, it does everything that the conscious, rational, intellectual mind is not really that good at or that involved. And that is a lot. Let's start with the emotions. How often do you wake up with a bad hair day? And you just think, ah, everything is horrible. Everything is difficult. I feel anxious, whatever it is. And you have really no reason to feel that. But somehow you do. Welcome come lunch, all of a sudden, everything shifted. You're happy. You're whistling your favorite tune. You have a spring in your step. Nothing really had changed but somehow our emotions have changed. So if someone would ask you so rationally, why do you feel better now than this morning? You probably couldn't give it an answer. So there is something irrational about our emotions, which shows you that the subconscious obviously is at work. Why it creates emotions, apparently so randomly, while we get into this in a moment. Now, the other One of the other tasks of the subconscious are our memories. So when you think about, the, let's say, the first pet you had, what was its name? How did it look like? Or the color of the wall of your bedroom where you grew up in. Well, all of a sudden, there is something popping in mind. A name, a color, a shape. Before you had thought about it, that wasn't there. But now that you think about it, that you ask, the answer comes from that vault of the subconscious and that's so amazing about the subconscious how the that part of our mind keeps so much information available to us but it doesn't really make our conscious mind overwhelmed and crowded with this information it just keeps it readily available and when we ask for it usually it comes up now it also suppresses memories and information which is another really caring aspect of the subconscious. Basically, it says, well, this is too much for you. This was a trauma of your childhood, or this was an accident, or this was a shock. And because we are consciously not able to deal with it, at least from the perspective of the subconscious, it just puts it into a big black bag until we are maybe ready to deal with it, which often happens later on in life, dreams, Spontaneous memories come up or when people do some uh, body work like, you know, chiropractic treatment can bring up all of a sudden a memory of a trauma that you went through or a massage or acupuncture. And then somehow the subconscious sees you as maybe ready to deal with whatever had created this trauma and with that probably a lot of emotional charge and confusion the subconscious also takes care of the body and and as a physician i really didn't have a lot of trust in the body i just was trained to believe well the body is like you know some italian car that always brings uh, breaks down nothing against italian cars of course could be any other car but it's just something that's fallible it's really needing the constant um, help of doctors and medication and so on and And I didn't really see the wisdom and understand that all the cells, these trillions of cells are beautifully working together and how that is orchestrated. I never thought about until I got into research and there a whole new chapter of magic was opened where I could see, yeah, wow, this is actually amazing how cells have their own intelligence and how they can adapt and how they can read their environment and how they can heal themselves. And the question is, for me, what is actually doing that? What is that wisdom inside that makes it all somehow work together? And that is the subconscious mind. Now, that simple proof for that is when you are raising your arm like this. Well, you just may have thought, okay, I'm going to raise my arm But do you know how many muscles you moved and how many tendons, you know, got flexed or relaxed just by you having this idea of raising your arm in mind? And we all know that breathing and the heart beating, the digesting, all happens without our conscious control. I mean, it would be kind of exhausting to always have to think to take a breath. But even when we are moving and we are thinking, well, we are consciously doing it. That what really it takes to move our body is so complex and happens so fast that our conscious mind really couldn't be in charge of it. That is where the subconscious comes in. And that is also because the subconscious is taking care of the body where the emotions and the memories and that function or that overseer function of the body can at times intertwine. And we know that. We know that Uh, For example, when we are stressed out or when we have some kind of anxiety, it can be transferred into the body, especially if we don't pay attention. If we feel like, well, I don't want to really think about what's going on in my life. Well, the body then takes the brunt of the emotional load. And this is where then we are. You know, eventually getting maybe some pain in the shoulders or in the neck or some ulcers in our stomach or any kind of those things. So that all is quite amazing in itself. Now, after the break, I will talk about something that even is more amazing about the subconscious, which has to do with intuition, with with the view of the world, with our own identity, and the fact that about 90% of all of what we do each day is probably more guided and directed by the subconscious than our conscious mind. So are we actually trapped, held hostage by our subconscious? Well, we'll talk more about this after the break.
2: if you have a sense that you were meant for more join heather allison every third tuesday at noon pacific as she explores an ancient forgotten energy within us and helps us access our original archetypal blueprint the golden path will help you remember the key to unlocking your life love success and magic you were meant for a key to unlocking your golden path visit heather-allison.com
0: Have you ever heard of the 90-10 rule? It goes like this. 90% of the time, no one is thinking of you. 90% of the time, everyone's thinking about themselves. And if you think of it like that, it takes the weight off. Because now, you're not being judged. I'm Megan Edge. I'd love for you to join me on Playing on the Edge Radio, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host Dr. Pat on Transformation Radio FM.
1: What the fun do I do with my shui? Are you ready to hear what your space is about you and what you're communicating to the outer world about your inner dialogue? Are you ready to create harmony in your surroundings? Then join us on ClearSpeak Talk Radio with Dr. Jeanette Wolf on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for current IT integrated with ancient knowledge to boost the broadcast of your space. Visit JeanetteWolf.com for more information on this amazing approach.
3: People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Jen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen.
1: Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are getting fired up about the subconscious mind. And if you ever wondered what your subconscious mind is doing, or you have any questions about how to handle it or maybe befriend it better, call in 800-930-2819. Again, 800-930-2819. Or you can also ask a question on the chat box on Transformation Talk Radio website. Talking about the subconscious mind, there was a study at the Columbia University, which just demonstrates how amazingly capable and intelligent the subconscious is. So the study was simple. People were sitting in a theater and they saw random images of neutral faces. A little boring, but people just, you know, went through it. Probably they got paid for it. Well, the idea was that after this, they would get measured with an MRI on the brain activity, on what actually happens inside of them. What they didn't know is that while they were watching these faces, interspersed in those neutral faces very fast were disturbing images, images of death or people being really angry or something that really was creating an emotion if or would create an emotion if you actually would consciously be aware of the picture. But because these pictures were so fast that consciously people didn't realize that they saw these images. So one group saw disturbing images, one group stayed just with the neutral images. When they measured the function of the brain, the people with disturbing images that they didn't consciously know were there had a stress reaction, an anxiety reaction. Their brain was firing completely different than uh, this group that had just neutral images all through the experiment. So what it tells you is basically that the subconscious, even though the conscious mind couldn't compute, was completely aware of what happened and was directing the body to respond, maybe in fight and flight. And that is one of those functions of the subconscious that it's just faster. It gets things faster. It senses things in a much more subtle way, which is why when someone looks at you behind you, you feel it. When you enter a room and there is tension, you don't even know what's going on. You're just here for two seconds and you know there is tension. When there is intuition, when you feel like, well, somehow there is something going wrong, and well, 10 minutes later, something is going wrong, those things are all directed by the subconscious mind. And I think that's important to see that the subconscious is on alert. It is aware. And these aspects of being fast in taking on information, they certainly have a very good reason to be there, and they also get taken advantage of there was this uh, experiment about subliminal messages where in a supermarket uh, they played German music and all of a sudden at the end of the day all the German wine and beer was sold and the next day they played French music and all of a sudden the next day or in the evening all French wine was sold and we know that from ourselves just watching commercials, there are these in subliminal messages that we just somehow take on that make us do things. Now, I want to just put a caveat on this. It is not that the subliminal, subliminal messages can make you act against that what you believe in or against that what you want. So let's say, for example, you would be a vegetarian and there would be a subliminal message for you to buy a hamburger, you wouldn't do it because you have consciously decided that you don't like meat. And so your subconscious is not really available to that subliminal message. Same thing with you know this idea that uh, someone who does hypnosis can make someone do a crime. But unless this person is already willing to do a crime from the start, you cannot make anyone do anything that they don't want to do. They have to be on some level willing to take on that subliminal message. And that's just important because sometimes we think, well, the subconscious is just, uh, you know, being able to push around or take advantage of. And that is not that easy. We have to be ready for it. We have to give green light for that. Now, I talked before the break about the subconscious also having a lot to do with our identity and how we see the world. And, and that has to do with beliefs and values that are all installed inside of us early on. You know, when you just uh, are little and don't really know how to move around in the world and what's your worth and uh, how do I interact? In those moments, the subconscious says, okay, the best way to be is to... Let's say kind and a good student, or the best way to be is to make sure that you're always invisible so that you don't get in trouble, or the best way to be is to be gregarious and fun. And there are beliefs that come from the input and from the experiences we have early in our lives that get imprinted in our subconscious and they stick around there and they make you still act in ways that you may think you have outgrown it, but somehow those beliefs get triggered and then you respond in those in, according to those beliefs. That's the same thing with how you see the world, whether you see the world as something good or bad, as something safe or something hard, all of those values and beliefs have an origin and they all are in the subconscious mind. Another very important aspect of the subconscious are these automatic patterns. You know, when you get up in the morning, you're still half asleep. You may have a little hangover, but somehow you are able to brush your teeth or shave your face or make a coffee while you're sleepwalking or while you're already thinking about, uh, you know, what you have to do today or what happened last night. You're consciously not really there, but someone does a coffee. Someone doesn't cut your face. Someone does put actually toothpaste and that hand cream on the, on the toothbrush. So that's a subconscious doing. It just takes over. It drives you like an Uber driver to work. It gets you into you know, your chair. It makes you find your mouth while you're watching TV and eating something. It's amazing. When you really think about how often you're not present, or often we actually, maybe, you know, in the past or the future or somewhere else, and we are still able to function and we are still able to be safe. That is all the subconscious just getting you into this, let's say, routine autopilot. And it makes sure that you're okay. Now, overall, you could say, isn't it great that the subconscious has such a powerful role in our life. And isn't it wonderful that it does so many good things, but somehow we are still struggling with it. We are still fighting the subconscious mind, right? I mean, when you think about you want to lose weight, but who puts all these pints of ice cream into, uh, you know, the shopping cart, or let's say you want to go out uh, and, you know, get into a relationship, And who makes you somehow be so tongue-tied at the first date that despite your good intentions, it's never going to work out. And at the end, you feel like, once again, unlovable. That is where you may think that the subconscious is against you. It doesn't let you change. It doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't make you move forward. And that is where a lot of people don't trust their subconscious mind. They blame it for a lot of things that are not working in their lives. And that is understandable, but it's unfair and it's not true. And the reason why the subconscious does that has a lot to do with those filters that the subconscious has installed in order to not overwhelm you. And what I literally mean with that. It's like mufflers of consciousness. It's like that what basically blocks away anything that is deemed to be not important right now. And the subconscious does it because it knows that our conscious mind is rather a little weak. It's like a little computer of the late 80s, doesn't work very fast, cannot compute a lot, and it needs a lot of help. So the subconscious says, you know what? I don't want to make you feel confused or slow you down or make you feel overwhelmed. So why don't I just block everything out of your peripheral vision and your, you know, your, your focal vision as well. That is not really what you need to worry about. So those filters are the beliefs. Those filters are our values. They are our emotions And those filters are those things we have taken on early in our life. What I mean with this is, for example, the the filter that would say that you are not good enough. Now, sounds terrible, right? The subconscious puts such a filter in your mind. But it does it because it feels, well, the past showed when you were already knowing that you're not good enough you actually didn't try anything that made you fail or made you be rejected or made you feel once again that you know someone hurts you or criticizes you. So the filter of not being good enough makes you already look at things that that's too big for me, or I don't really want to see this opportunity because I probably will mess it up anyhow. And even though consciously you feel like, well, that's counterproductive, the reason why the subconscious does it is because it wants to keep you safe. It wants to avoid any form of pain. And this is what I really would like you to understand. Anything the subconscious does has only two bigger ideas behind the idea of keeping you safe and the idea of making you happy. But if Safety is not guaranteed. The subconscious will always go first to how can I protect him or her versus how can I make you happy? And that is the shift that we need to make in order to change. We'll talk more about this right after the break.
2: Buzz for life, buzzed off, feeling ignored, invisible, and wondering if this is really all there is? The years go by faster as we gain momentum. You're halfway there. Are you gathering speed or puttering out? Hit your stride for the liberating half of life. Comfortable in your skin? You can do better than that. Tune in to Discovering You Again Radio every fourth Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as host Susan Axelrod encourages listeners to decide what they want, get inspired to action, and face challenges head-on. Host Susan Axelrod pulls no punches, encouraging you to grab the brass ring and soar. For more information about Susan, go to www.whatwillyourlegacybe.com.
3: Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felice Deanna, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love purpose and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, Fly high and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen.
1: Welcome back to Empowerment Radio, and we are talking about the subconscious, the power of the subconscious, and how to tap into it, and I believe we have a caller.
4: Yeah, we have Arch from San Diego. Welcome to the show.
1: Arch, hey welcome to the show. How are you?
4: I'm fantastic. Good to hear your voice and talk to you again, as always.
1: Yeah, thank you for calling in. What uh, Do you have a question? Do you want to share... The power of your subconscious?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My question is around beliefs and knowing how, just so how vital it is to having an awareness to and an acceptance and understanding of our beliefs. But what what I want to ask you about is the difference between beliefs that we actively engage in forming and the ones that are somewhat chosen for us and how to how to ask the question like is this my belief or is, or is this a belief that was imposed upon me at a very young age that I've carried with me throughout my entire life and how do how to discern the difference between the two and, and then to kind of let loose let go of, of those that you know, maybe were victims to that belief versus uh victors of them?
1: It's a very good question, and I do believe that it's important to look at beliefs as something that may have not been our idea in the first place or may have never been really a reflection on our reality, and I'm talking especially about beliefs that uh, may have defined how we saw ourselves. You know, I talked to a client yesterday who basically came to me about six months ago feeling that her life doesn't make any sense, that she is worthless, she was unmotivated, she felt like if she hadn't had her dogs, she probably would do something to herself. So it wasn't a really bad situation. And looking at her beliefs... It turned out that she believed that she was fundamentally unlovable and that she was not good enough. And this had a lot to do with how she was treated when she grew up, especially by her father, who was always absent, or when he was there, he was very critical. But there was another belief that she never really thought about, which was the belief that she needs men to take care of her and to make sure that she's okay and also give her a sense of worthiness. And so here is where the beliefs really you know, came into a conflict with himself because every time she followed the one belief that she needs someone, she chose someone who usually was not good for her because she didn't feel that great about her anyhow. As soon as that relationship then ended and that person you know, may have just rejected her The belief of not being lovable came back in and again put her into this hole of depression. And then once again, the other belief came in and said, well, but you need someone to take care of you and to show you that you're worthy. And then she went out again. And so once you repeat this pattern of those beliefs, you know, five to 10 times, of course, you end up like she in that feeling of being lost and life doesn't make sense anymore. Now, did she choose these beliefs or did these beliefs, you know, get imprinted on her? Well, it's both. What happens is when we are at this early age trying to figure out how the world really works, we are looking at feedback. We are looking how people treat us and how they make us feel. And we take it all very personally. So in her case, She took what her father did very personally, and she also took the need to belong or get love or get some sense of affirmation very personally. And so that's where these beliefs came from both sides as a reflection on how she was treated and a reflection of the need that she had inside. Now, in the end, The bigger and more important question is not where the beliefs come from and tossing out all beliefs that somehow came from someone else. It's more important to ask yourself, are these beliefs still working for me or not? Is that really what I want to hold on to? And that's exactly the question that she asked herself. Is that really how I want to live my life? Because she realized what's missing in this whole equation is her taking care of herself. So she changed her beliefs after we did some really thorough subconscious cleanup. We, she changed her beliefs into beliefs of, I can take care of myself. I'm safe with myself. And who I am is enough. I appreciate myself. I believe in myself. So once she just chose, these are the beliefs that I want to really have. I don't have them yet. And this is not a light switch where you simply say, okay, magic wand, give me a new belief. This is really something you have to work on and you have to implement. But when she worked on those beliefs and made them more as the guidance, the guidance or the framework for her life, everything turned around, everything shifted. And she became much more self-reliant so much more appreciative for who she is and who she can show up as in the world, much more content. And even though she is in a relationship now, she doesn't need the relationship. When her boyfriend freaks out, she's fine. She says, okay, you have your temper tantrum. I go and uh, call me when you feel better. There is no direct relationship to her worthiness to how she is treated. She is her own source. And that was only possible after years and years of trying everything and nothing worked. It was only possible when she worked with her subconscious on changing those beliefs. So to answer your question, Art, always look at your beliefs and ask if they are still holding you back, maybe in survival mode, if they make you smaller, if they somehow send out signals of this is not possible, If they warn you of something that doesn't exist, if they question what you're capable of doing, if you have more evidence that these beliefs are not true, then they are actually true. If you just really revise every year once your core beliefs, you will probably every year replace some of them because you realize, well, that's not really working anymore or this belief keeps me in some kind of a comfort zone doesn't make me really grow. It makes me more kind of stagnant. And then you choose a new belief. And that new belief makes just that, again, that, that framework bigger, something to grow into, like a bigger pot for a plant. And then you fill it out. And then after a year, you revise it again and see what those beliefs are that you want to hold on to and what beliefs you want to replace.
4: We, 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 it's so important to know that we, we, to have the awareness to ask the question and then let your emotions, uh, the, the low vibrational emotions be the indicators that there's questions that need to be asked and then adapt and move forward. Cool. Thank you. Cool. That's exactly
1: right. So thank you very much for calling in. And, uh, yeah, it was very nice to hear from you. And I, I want to talk about what just Art said that you know this this connection and this feedback about emotions is crucial. So the question of today's show is how do we befriend our subconscious? How can we connect to it? And it starts with first realizing that your subconscious is on your side. It's not your enemy. And it's not supposed to be battled. Your subconscious is like a inner protector, a bodyguard, a Rottweiler, a shepherd, whatever, you just want to think about your subconscious as that part of your mind that was eagerly trying to keep you safe and maneuver you through life without getting hurt. Now, it was operating under certain assumptions, you know, that you're small, or that you're dependent, or maybe you're not lovable, or maybe you're not capable, simply because it felt, well, if you do already Have your hopes small, and if you have your expectations, you know, just adjusted to the reality of a child, you cannot really get hurt. You cannot really get rejected. And of course, the other way is true too, where you may feel you're only lovable if you accomplish a lot, or if you're the best, or if you're perfect, then you belong. And and that's the same thing. It's an old playbook that the subconscious wrote early in your life. And The subconscious won't change unless you take the lead. This is where you need to choose to say, I don't want to fight my subconscious. I want to guide my subconscious. I want to collaborate with my subconscious. I want my subconscious to be in the passenger seat, maybe giving me some ideas and directions, but I want to be in the driver's seat. So your conscious mind needs to be the one that chooses what changes you want to make, or what potential you want to tap into. And for that, you're just going to start having a relationship with your subconscious by centering yourself. I would suggest anyone just to every day check in with yourself. You know, five minutes in the morning, you breathe, maybe thoughts are coming up and we know that we are often told, well, let those thoughts just go. Let those thoughts just move out of your mind. They are monkey mind chatter. And I don't agree. All of those thoughts have something to say. And yes, maybe it sounds like chatter, but there is a theme and there is an emotion underneath it. And rather than being afraid of our emotions or feeling our emotions are something we just have to witness and then let pass, Why not looking at these emotions as something that tells us where we're at? Maybe there is a concern. Maybe you feel like, well, there is an emotion of anxiety because I'm about to ask for a promotion. And maybe there is an anxiety about what if I don't get this promotion? Maybe it's better not to ask. And so you just sit with that and you look and you tune in. And when you tune into your subconscious, the magic about this is that your subconscious already feels like, oh, someone is listening and someone wants to actually help me to maybe resolve this issue. Because your subconscious needs guidance and it needs someone that it feels safe with, that it can trust. And that is the conscious mind. Like in my client's case, she was just looking always for men to take care of her and make her feel safe. And she never really felt this for herself. And when she did, her whole life changed. And most of us that are in that subconscious sabotage mode, or we used to see it, or survival mode, really look more on the outside for approval or safety and not so much on the inside. So the subconscious doesn't really have a trusting, relationship with that more conscious mind. And that's how it starts. You listen. So now you're aware of what are my thoughts. And then you dig a little bit deeper and you wonder, so are these thoughts connected to beliefs? Is there maybe a belief from the past that still says, I'm not good enough, or it's not safe for me to stand out and be seen, or I shouldn't have my hopes up. Life is not easy. And once you know those beliefs, just like I talked with Arch about then you can ask yourself, are those beliefs really still valid? Are those beliefs still helpful? Or are those beliefs no longer a reflection of my reality? I have outgrown them. I just still hold on to them. Just like you outgrow your shoes, but you still may wear them. And at some point they ache and they hold you back and they don't make you move forward. So beliefs needs to change like this as well. And you can choose how to change those beliefs and what you want to have instead. Now, a belief is not an affirmation that you just repeat over and over again in your head. Your subconscious doesn't understand that. Your subconscious actually doesn't care about your words. Your subconscious understands so much more emotions and sensations and things that you visualize and also experiences. That's why when you have a new belief and say, okay, I can reach the goals I want to reach or a belief of I do appreciate and love and believe in myself. If you have those words in your mind, you want to feel something about them. Otherwise, the subconscious says, well, are you talking just, you know, Albanian to me? I don't understand a word. So you want to feel what this could feel like to appreciate you and what this could feel like to believe in you. And that is often when it gets a little bumpy at the beginning. But don't worry. You have a beginning. And if you cannot feel something, at least you can visualize yourself. You can visualize yourself doing things that would show you that's how it looks like when I am confident or when I feel I care about myself or when I feel that I deserve to have what I want. And so you go in your mind through little examples of how you want to show up in those certain situations. Now, that already creates for your subconscious like a new opening. It's like it had the old screen with all the old stories. And now you're blasting in the the screen of your mind a new version of yourself and your subconscious at least has something to choose from. But again, it's a process. Your subconscious doesn't say, oh, I'm letting go of my protector mode now because obviously there is a new idea and now the subconscious cares way too much about you to do that. So your subconscious says, well, let's see what's going to happen. And that's when you, in your conscious collaboration, have to say, I show up with commitment, with clarity, and with consistency. And what that basically means is you have to commit to working with your subconscious, listening to your subconscious, and then following through with whatever you say you want to do, whatever your goals are. That's the clarity piece. And consistent is doing it every day. Not overwhelming yourself. You don't have to meditate for two hours and visualize for three. You just do every day five, ten minutes. The consistency comes then when you are following through. So let's say, for example, you say, your new belief, just to make it easy, is I love and care about myself. Well, wonderful. So that means, how do you show up? Maybe you don't have your triple espresso or Red Bull energy drink, but you have maybe just a tea. Maybe you are not just uh, you know working while you're having lunch, but maybe you go outside and sit in a park bench and eat while you're chewing 30 times. All of those little steps that show your subconscious, oh, this person actually does care, this person pays attention, make already a dent in this old belief and will make your subconscious more open. Also, when you have a negative feeling or a negative thought coming up, the worst you can do is getting mad at it. And feeling like, ugh, here it is again. I hate the way I'm feeling. I don't like this anxiety. It's so stupid. I shouldn't do this. All that frustration is creating a defense in your subconscious mind. It makes your subconscious just feel like, okay, you're just exactly like that. So forget about it. I'm not listening to you because you're scary. So you have to turn around. And you have to tell yourself, I am actually now kinder to my anxiety and to that part of me that still feels insecure. And so rather than fighting it, I am redirecting it. So if there is a little voice inside of you that may feel like the inner critic or may feel like the Daisy Downer, you just say, don't worry about it. I got it covered. Let's focus on that, what is good and what's working well. Let's go into visualizing what we really want. Let's see already how far we came. Be patient. Your subconscious has for decades taken care of you. You can now spend at least a few months consciously taking care of your subconscious. Now, of course, after those few months when your subconscious made the shift, it doesn't mean that you go back into ignoring it. But right now, at the beginning, when you're really harnessing the potential of your subconscious, by making your subconscious get out of protection mode and into more the thriving mode, you just wanna give your subconscious a little bit more attention than maybe you have to do in the long run. Now, it's very important to know that your subconscious has probably a lot to offer for you that you were not really aware of because it was all hidden under that filter, under the blanket of anxiety or insecurity or self-sabotage or feeling you have to be perfect. And what comes out are those things that may more define who you really are. And so for this client that I talked about, for her, it's a lot about creativity. She was always very creative and she was always someone who had really wonderful ideas and fantasies, and but that all got stifled through that layer of feeling small and powerless and unlovable. Uh, and so as soon as that layer lifted and the subconscious let go, she was in a creative surge. She was feeling like so excited about doing things with her apartment and with her art and And that is what you can expect to happen too. So if you do remember maybe back in the days when you were little and you think about the innocent self and you remember how you love to sing or you love to do little skits or you love to be in nature or you love to be in the water and everything just somehow disappeared. You became serious or you became scared or you became somehow depressed And you're working with your subconscious to shifting all of that. There may be these moments when you feel all of a sudden the urge to sit in the swing in a park or to go swimming or to be back in, you know, somehow a a musical situation and, and practice an instrument or sing in the shower. So you want to let that, what had been stifled, come through. Because there is a lot that our authentic self still has to offer to us when the subconscious stops trying to protect you and is looking for making you happy and making your life more fulfilling and purposeful. So you work with your subconscious on a conscious basis, you listen, you tune in, You respond to the little voice that may still give you some negative thoughts with emotions, with visualizations. You change the framework of how you want to see yourself, how you want to see the world, and you grow into it. You follow through with action, small action. It doesn't have to be perfect. Small, daily, consistent, committed action. And then at the end of the day, you need to feed yourself back appreciation, and gratitude. See, the subconscious is used to, when it is in the survival mode, to get as a feedback, maybe a moment of, thank God it's over, or some kind of a sense of relief. "Ah, Now I can hide on the blanket. That's all it gets for, good job, you kept me alive, you protected me. Now, if you make your subconscious look more for that bigger belief, that, potential expression of thriving. Well, the subconscious needs a little pet on the back. And that is when you are every night think about, what did I appreciate about myself today? What was really so cool about, for example, slowing down at work and having a compassionate conversation with a colleague who just uh, is going through a rough time? Or spending a few minutes during the lunch break to already think about the next vacation and really looking forward to playing in the sand or being really able to be in a a work situation that usually was scaring you, but showing up calm and confident and knowing that who you are is enough. If you are feeding back every day a little bit of that positivity, your subconscious will continue to serve you and will continue to be on your side and help you to just more and more unfold into that true, authentic self, tapping really into your complete potential. Well, the message of today is trust your subconscious mind. Be interested in your subconscious mind. Connect to your subconscious mind and know that your subconscious has a lot to offer that you may not always feel so connected to. So if you have any questions, if you want to work with your subconscious mind, if you feel like you want to go a little bit deeper with your subconscious mind, just go to um, thefearandanxietysolution.com, my website, or send an email at info at solution.com. I'm certainly happy to chat with you and see how I can help you to go into subconscious and conscious alignment. Until next time, goodbye.
0: You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.